This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we chat with NetApp support about what's changing and what's getting better. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp, I love this company. Zipork. Zipork. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the studio with me today. I have some support people. Uh, we don't normally talk to the support people because they're weird. But today we made an exception because it's a new year. and We're trying to turn over a new leaf at the podcast. So uh, with us, Chance Bingen or Bingen? Bingen. You, Bingen? Yes. Okay. So Bingen is here. Uh, Chance, um, what do you do at NetApp and how do I reach you? Yeah, sure. So, uh, Chance Bingen. I've been with NetApp for 14 years now. And uh, uh, so my, my role is the Senior Escalation Engineer for Virtualization. And uh, I have a, a partner and another GO that shares that role with me. And, um, yeah, you can reach me at uh, chance.bingen at netapp.com. That's B-I-N-G-E-N. And uh, Chance, like, take a chance. You can also hit me up on Twitter at CB8MyDataCenter. Is that like eight as in the number eight? It is. Okay. That's, yeah. It's clever. Very clever. Thank so Chance was here when I started. Um, like I, I actually would go to Chance and bug him for really simple and dumb questions about SIFs. Yeah, that's right. We go way back. We go way back. Too far back, really. <laughs> uh, also in the studio with us today, someone I don't go as far back with, but still know pretty well, uh, John Boggs. Hi. Hey. Hey, um, John Boggs here. I am um, the senior director for uh, the America Support Organization. Um, so I have not been at NetApp for 12 or – how long have you been here? Less than – no, he's been at 14. I've been at 12. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. So I've been here about eight years, um, and uh, I run the all of the Americas um, support delivery. So we, we run in a regional model, and uh, so I have a peer in, in EMEA and a peer in APAC as well. And you can reach me – at uh, jbogs at netapp.com. All right, so um, if you couldn't tell, we are here today to talk about NetApp support. Um, and to do that, we want to first talk about what support is. And I know it's pretty self-explanatory, but uh, I want to give John the opportunity to tell us, in his words, what NetApp support means to him. <laughs> yeah, so um, I am a lifetime support person. I, I uh, started in, in uh, customer service, frontline customer service. So this is my passion, um, and you know, from from a NetApp support perspective, um, this is uh, an organization that uh, handles several hundred thousand cases a year. Um, we are across the globe in a in a regional support model, as I mentioned before, and uh, so we have <clears throat> engineers that that focus on um, solving customers' issues, and uh, you know, the big thing for us is. You know, taking a, a an approach that we want to learn from what we do every day and and customers um, cases and and being able to push that knowledge closer to the customer and so you know we spend a lot of time um, understanding customer feedback 
um, and, and trying to adjust the organization um, to, to be able to meet that. And so um, that's what I'm passionate about as it relates to support. Um, but, you know, the, the overall organization, you've, you've been there. You've, you've done support. I did my time. You did your time. And then the and big house. That's right. That's right. But, um, you know, I think the, the team overall is passionate about um, helping customers and, and, and fixing issues. And I think they wake up every day and it's, it's new and exciting and, uh, and sometimes challenging. So, I don't know. Chance, what's your view on it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the people who excel in this industry are, are people that uh, really have a passion for solving problems and, and helping people. Yeah. Chance has been in support for all of his 14 years here. All of them. All Every, of them. All, all, all 14 of them. And I, I don't know whether that means he has patience or if he is insane or both. <laughs> but that's that's my take on it. Crazy, every every day is new. It, every day is new, but it's also new on this side. Right, right. That doesn't so, change. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, throughout those 14 years, I've actually uh, kind of rotated around in, in different uh, specialty groups. So I've done. Yeah, I guess that keeps it fresh for you, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so many opportunities to, uh, to learn new and different things. What are you focusing on now? Uh, all kinds of stuff. So, uh, you know, in my, my role in the virtualization space, we still are focusing on, uh, you know, growing, expanding support for um, VMware integration, virtual volumes, things like that, SRM, some changes coming with that down the pipe, um, pretty much everything that touches the virtualization platform. Uh, but, you know, that's uh, the nature of virtualization is kind of changing, uh, you know, yeah. looking at containerization, all kinds of different stuff, and, and how we're going to be able to support these new technologies. Excellent. It's good that you guys are considering these things because it'd be scary if you weren't. Oh yeah, <laughs> right, right. So if I was, if I were uh, a customer and I wanted to open a case, what are the best ways to do that? So uh, actually, we have a, um, a YouTube channel, NetApp KB TV. TV. If you just go on YouTube, type NetApp KB TV. Um, there's a one in the playlist um, list there on YouTube. There's one called Introduction to NetApp Support or Welcome to NetApp Support. Uh, it's a series of about 10 or 12 videos. Each one is um, a minute or two, a couple minutes for the most part, really short clips. And they really walk you through how to use the NetApp support organization um, most effectively and understand how, how we work and, and why we do what we do. So I know there's a lot of work that's being done into basically trying to make your jobs obsolete, right? Because you want people to be able to solve their own cases ahead of time. Um, so there's a lot of initiatives going into that. So what are some of the things that NetApp is doing to basically eliminate this need for support? Lots of things go into that. Uh, enabling self-help, community-based help. Um, we have uh, Elio, our, uh, you know, powered by IBM Watson. Um, he's our BFF. He's our BFF. <clears throat> so he's always learning and evolving. Um, he's learning new uh, solutions every day. Um, and he's constantly being maintained. So that's, that's one, one option. Um, also, we have the content that we're publishing through different uh, media formats like YouTube, for example, on KBTV, uh, and also rolling out some new, uh, some new services. Right. So we have also the things like uh, at-risk systems, where basically they'll mm -hmm. go out and take a look at your systems for you and say, hey, you've got these error messages. Maybe you want to look at those. Like Kind of like a proactive approach to try to help you to fix things before they break horribly. Absolutely. Yeah. Active IQ is definitely critical there um, with all the analytics uh, and especially different things being opened up there all the time. And, uh, you know, with um, System Manager uh, being rebranded with the Active IQ and uh, Unified Manager 
being integrated with new uh, active IQ technologies, uh, definitely doing a lot to help be proactive and, and prevent things. Yeah, and, and I think the key there is um, we, we've tried to add that into the new support offerings that are coming out, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a minute. We will. Um, but but, uh, but overall, if you look at active IQ, um, you look at how we focus on supportability and kind of pushing that into the product because obviously the best support experience is the one that you didn't have. Um, so, you know, whether that's how we document knowledge in the organization and customers able to self-help on the website, Active IQ, as well as, as the supportability piece, I think everything um, we've really focused on is making that easier if a customer does want to self-solve. Um, that they have the capability to do that, but then open up the channels for things like Elio and chat and and phone and, and stuff like that. So if they do need to talk to somebody or they want to chat with somebody, um, they have a number of different channels that they can reach out and do that. I think we're we're pretty confident to say that um, you know there's enough innovation uh, in in the portfolio uh, that we will never have to worry about uh, not having a job but I think the key part is is that if we continue to push what we learn into the product and into the into customers hands um, that it makes it easier for us to balance what's new and coming down and and, and what's what's out there and, and and that's matured yeah and I mean it's not necessarily working yourself out of a job I remember when I was in support it was not uncommon to have 30 cases in your queue and I'm guessing that's changed somewhat with all the new you know, not just the products getting better, but also the innovations with the support model itself. Right, right. And it's, you know, the really cool trend that we've seen over the past several years is, you know, install base continues to grow and case volume uh, continues to, to stay flat or go down in, in a lot of areas. And that's that's due to product quality. It's due to how we enable customers to help themselves. It's it's all of those things that, that kind of drive that and we can see it. Um, it, it's such a cool graph or chart to see when you see install base going up and to the right and you see case volume going down and to the right. And that's that's really um, t- to credit all of those things that we just talked about. Yeah, and just adding on to that, um, part of the, the role of the senior escalation engineer and, and really all the support, everyone's sort of responsible for it, is as we work with customers and work through cases is, creating usability bugs and supportability bugs to make sure that products are intuitive and easy to use. So you don't get the cases getting opened of, you know, how do I do X, Y, Z because it's intuitive and it's natural. Um, so that's a big part of it. And of course, supportability, making sure products, if they do break, they're, they're easy to support and easy to find a solution for. Yeah. And I mean, and, and ultimately that helps the support engineers as well. Cause I mean, nobody wants to sit there with a backlog looming over their heads. So that helps the job quality for for people as well. I mean, I remember when I was there, and you feel you feel a lot of stress because you feel like you have to solve all these cases. But now, if it, it makes it easier, and you also get better quality because now you're not pushed to do thirty cases at one time. You're maybe doing ten, and now you can spend more time on each case and be more thorough with it. Definitely, absolutely, yeah. The the, the backlogs are definitely down significantly from from the days you and I remember back then. I still have PTSD, <laughs> <laughs> post traumatic support disorder. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, so the engineers are able to spend more time focusing on customers. Um, we had this kind of thing we talked about. Uh, uh, customers, not cases at one point was a big mantra. Uh, and, and we're able to do that now. We're able to focus more on the customers and partner with them and, and kind of be that, that trusted advisor to, you know, help them accomplish whatever whatever it is they're trying to accomplish when they open that case with us. So, John, um, what sort of trends are we seeing today in support? Like what sort of things are changing over time? 
Yeah, I think the big um, the big piece that we've noticed, and, and look, so back up one step is we spend a lot of time um, either talking to customers, looking at transactional feedback. So when a customer closes a case, um, the, the, uh, the surveys that come out after that. Um, a number of different avenues that we use to talk to customers. And, and there's obviously some clear trends um, that we see in the, in the industry as well as what customers need. Um, everybody knows that IT budgets are severely constrained or they're spending in different ways than they were before. Um, and that's really forced a lot of um, folks to, to look at what they expect out of their support contract. And if I can't hire um, or if I don't have the time to do all of this on the customer side anymore, um, we're seeing a lot of that being pushed on to more expectations out of the, their support contracts. So I think that's, that's one area. And I think the other thing is really um, we talk more today about solutions and outcomes versus individual products. And when you think about that, and you think about how we support customers, and it's traditionally been in a world that's very product-centric, um, you know, we've spent a lot of time really figuring out, okay, how is the best way to, to support customers from a solution perspective or from an outcome perspective? And that's really changed us to look at the traditional models that we have. And so those are the two big, there's a number of trends around simplicity and, and uh, customer effort and things like that. But I think those are, those are two big trends that, that we see fairly often when talking to customers. Earlier you mentioned we have you know, videos and KB TV and that sort of thing. What sort of uh, webinars and other things are available for us? Yeah, so uh, the webinar series that we started um, a few months ago um, is one way that we're trying to reach out and engage with customers in real time in a more of a proactive approach and outside the context of a support case. There's no, there's no pressure to just fix it now, you know, get things out the door uh, kind of situation. And it's uh, somewhat educational, but it's definitely, um, you know, it's, it's how do we use tools and techniques to solve problems um, how we can teach you to do those same things so you can do it yourself um, if you choose to do so. Um, or uh, if you want to engage with us, you can come, uh, if, you, if it's related to one of those topics, you can be armed to uh, make better use of that time so we get to that resolution that you want faster and more efficiently. Um, you know, we started out a few months ago, like I said, uh, talking about ActiveIQ, a Converged Systems Advisor. Uh, we ran two of those, um, and then coming up in February, we're doing Insight, um, how support would use Insight to find problems, isolate issues, and, and help you go uh, resolve those. Uh, after that, coming in March, we're actually got the, the NAS team are going to tackle the uh, round-robin DNS load balancing uh, for lifts in uh, NAS environments. Okay. Uh, that one actually was by request, so we definitely take requests. If there's topics that customers want to see, uh, we definitely will take that and uh, and get it on the schedule. But uh, we're we're aiming to try and do these monthly, um, starting uh, starting in February. We have a TR on the DNS load balancing, just so you know. Yeah, I know the guy who wrote it. Yeah, <laughs> he know he's uh, he knows a thing or two because he's seen a thing or two. See, I've seen a thing or two. Yeah, yeah, and also uh, you know just looking back at Insight this year, just a couple months ago. Um, at Insight Central, support uh, had a big part of the expert bar. So the expert bar was actually the top visited booth at Insight Central. So we were very proud of that accomplishment. And also, um, we had uh, two sessions at the Insight Pavilion. 
where we presented some support issues, um, top common questions and, and, and things like that. And um, that was one of the most attended pavilion sessions. So uh, we're uh, super proud of what we accomplished there. And we're really looking to, uh, you know, continue that momentum going into Insight next year. As far as tools go, I mean, I remember somebody mentioning to me that Perfstat has been deprecated basically as of 9.5. What are we using now for performance analysis and support? Uh, so we had uh, actually this this tool was publicly available at one point semi publicly available. You needed a, a support site login. Uh, it's called um, PaaS or uh, Performance as a Service, um, and it's a, essentially a cloud based web portal that uh, engineers can log into, and you can pull in data that was uploaded via um, either OneCollect or uh, OnBox um, perf archive. It just uploads the data, so. Um, uh, we, we can go in and it's got all these different charts. You can look at everything that's going on in the system and really isolate down where the bottleneck is that's introducing latency into your latency stack. Uh, it's really powerful. I've used it a number of times. Um, the uh, performance guys were gracious enough to teach me how to use it since that's uh, not, my, not my primary bailiwick there, but it's a really powerful tool. And what's really great about um, Perf Archive is when, it, when we first rolled this out a couple years ago, um, the idea was to not have to crash the car again, right? Because with Perfstat, you always have to recreate the problem and capture the data while the problem's going on. Um, so now you don't have to do that anymore with Perf Archive. You just go in and say, give me the data from, you know, two days ago from one to four in the morning, and then we can go look at it and see what was going on. Yeah, and there's an auto-support trigger you can use. It's a, right. Yeah, yeah. auto-support invoke performance archive mod type. Exactly. You can do it that way, or if you have... Um, Auto support on demand enabled. We can use auto support on demand to just pull those. We don't even have to bother your IT teams to run those commands anymore. We can go in and uh, set a um, a request. And the way auto support on demand works is the storage controllers will check in with us every once in a while and see, hey, do you have any work I need to do? It'll see that there's a request and it'll go and you know do what it needs to do and send us the data. Excellent. So, uh, yeah, and with the webinars, um, currently we're not really broadcasting those to everybody. Um, so if any customers want to get invited to join the webinars, all you, all you have to do is send an email to ng-supportwebinars at netapp.com. And that's one word, support webinars, spelled like it sounds. And we'll get you added to the invite list. Cool. We'll put that in the uh, blog as well so people can just click on it. Awesome. All right. So I know that we have some new support offerings that we have available, John. So what are the, what are we offering today with support? Like how are we getting people uh, you know, into different levels? Right, right. So I think looking at um, what's going on in the, in the market and looking at competitors and what customers expect, there's a whole focus on um, you know, updating the offerings to, uh, to better meet the needs of our customers. And so um, that's really focused around um, simplification of the offerings. Um, so, you know, being able to, for customers to manage costs with flat and predictable renewing pricing, um, more value through the active IQ capabilities. So I, we talked about that a bit earlier, but um, based on the offering levels um, that will come out, which are, um, I think, expert uh, basic and um, advisor. advisor is so experts the top one uh, advisors the the middle one and, and basic is obviously on the on the bottom there but um, they will actually have um, active IQ capabilities that are associated with those different levels so those will unlock different um, different types of uh, functionality 
Um, so that's that's a big piece of it. And then um, really kind of up-leveling the NetApp experience. So things like managed upgrades and, and health checks and um, direct access to um, level two engineers and things like that. So really kind of looking at the market, what customers need and expect, and, uh, and really starting to differentiate in the new support offer. So um, if you uh, if you want more information, I would recommend talking to your you know your local sales rep. There's a lot of collateral that's out there um, for them to be able to to show um, show the value of those and and talk a bit more in detail. So we also have a new support site. Is that right? We're getting there. Um, it's in so beta now, right? It is in beta. Uh, you know, the cool thing is, over the past couple years, uh, we've we've won a number of different awards on uh, for the for the support site. And uh, we're rolling out a new one now and, and really kind of learning um, from the past couple years and, and the success we've had, but also knowing that there were some limitations. And so um, one of the keys with the new support site was really around platform simplification. And, and you know, we're using NetApp on NetApp to really deliver that um, and leveraging a microservices architecture. And that gives the team um, a lot of flexibility in how they're able to um, grow and evolve the, the support site as we go forward. There was that we, we don't ever want our IT infrastructure to say no. And so we've really kind of taken that out and it allows us to really kind of go from here. This is just the baseline. And so that's one big piece. Um, user-centered UI, UX design is, is another piece where they've taken a lot of time to understand um, you know what users need, what their what their trends are, what's happening when you go on a support site, and where where users are going and where they're struggling, um, and then also. Um, something that has, has been a topic, especially from the support side, is you know th- simple things like the redesign of, of Bugs Online, and so to make sure that it's um, not just a s- few sets of products, but it's the entire portfolio. So there's a focus on really kind of evolving uh, Bugs Online to be um, more reflective of the entire portfolio. So there's a lot more out there. Um, you can actually go in and uh, participate in the beta. There's information on the existing support site, and uh, they'll be rolling that live here over the next couple months. Chance looks excited about it. I am. I'm actually super excited. Um, played around with the beta quite a bit. Um, one of the uh, nice things that's coming along is a new product taxonomy. So we're kind of reorganizing the products and the way you get to the information for those products. It makes a lot more sense, and it's also going to be uniform across uh, a number of different areas, um, including even internally, we're going to be reorganizing the way our taxonomy uh, works for, for our product portfolio. So it's going to be easier to consistently find what you're looking for. And within the, the product information and the, in the beta support site, you're going to be able to very quickly find everything you need for, for any particular product. Yeah, the, the, the last thing is, is if anybody does want to participate in the beta version, um, I would highly recommend there's an ability to give feedback on that site. Um, I sit next to the team that, that uh, does the development there, and I can tell you that they read every bit of feedback, um, and they, they have a bunch of customer panels as well. So um, feedback is, is highly welcome, and, and they are working really hard to, uh, to, to make the, uh, the necessary evolution there. So it's really cool. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another part of that too is uh, the up- upgrading the the KB, the knowledge right. base. Right. So uh, the the co- the knowledge base is being completely revamped. Uh, it's going to be a lot more 
uh, intuitive. It'll be uh, won't require multiple logins to get through it and navigate into KBs that you find once uh, you know what to get to the ones you find once you uh, find the one you want. Um, so that's 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 actually really exciting once you see the uh, the way that's going to play out. Any changes to the search functionality? Any of the engine behind it? Yes. Yeah, like like what? Uh, it's it's being completely redone um, internally. We 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 have this thing that's called unified search. It's a unified search um, project that's that's currently underway, and it's it's making very good progress. But it's going to allow you to search across all the different NetApp uh, properties, and uh, it'll find you know hopefully the results that are most relevant to what you're looking for, uh, regardless of which NetApp property it exists on. Yeah, I mean traditionally, I think search has been one of the major mm-hmm. pain points so it'd be good to see that revamped definitely yeah it's it's much better uh, and they, we have constant testing going on so we have a group of support engineers that are doing uh testing in the new search engine and providing feedback and you know we also even before the project really got into full swing they had us doing sample searches and giving good results so they know what uh, what a search looks like and what the expected results are so they're able to fine-tune the, the new search engine to match that i think the just taking it back around just how we capture knowledge is i think the part that um that is where it starts mm-hmm. um and over the so past several years, we've had a big focus on on uh, KCS as kind of the methodology in which we approach capturing knowledge, and that's knowledge centered support. Um, and so the the team is is the same team that focuses on how we present that to customers, is the same team that is focused on how we enable our support teams to capture that knowledge, which is a, another key part in the in the whole chain of events before it gets published to a customer. And so. Um, over the past couple months, and, and as we roll into the to the to the future here, um, there's a big focus on our tooling internally, um, being able to, um, to to promote that just as much as we do externally, and so being able to make it as easy as possible for an engineer to capture knowledge within that KCS methodology. So therefore, when we put it out on the site, there's the consistency we need and the ability to help customers. So it's not only about how we organize it on the support site and present it, but there's also a lot of focus internally around um, what's the methodology around capturing it and evolving that, as well as the internal tool set that we uh, enable our engineers to be able to do it with the least amount of effort as possible. Yeah, and I, it's not a stretch to say that you know, in all the years we've been here, this we've we've invested more in our tools and, and technologies uh, than I've ever seen before. It's good. It's good. I used to feel like that it was drowning. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like every time I think of support, I'm like, oh yeah, man, that's horrible. But then I hear people talk about it now. They're like, oh yeah, it's great. I'm like, what? <laughs> you like working there? Huh? That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either that or we just hire crazy people. That's true. Yeah, I think, yeah not, 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 I think I think you guys are probably just doing really good stuff to make it easier and, and more of a sustainable, scalable job than it was before. Because before it was basically like, I think they were stuck in an old model where NetApp was a smaller company, and they were trying to do things the way NetApp was when they were first come, starting out, and that wasn't going to work. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've grown up as a company and as, as an organization in particular, and, and we're definitely, uh, you know, we're... we're playing with the big boys and, and we got to play like big boys and, and, and girls yeah, and girls right. i'm sorry and that requires tools and and all of this fun stuff so yeah. it's it's not just about it, i'll put it this way if you want consistency in the experience um 
it's about the st- all the stuff we talked about, but it's also about how we enable our engineers and the tools that they use as well and, and making sure that, that they can do their job effectively. So it's, it's both an internal and an external investment. Mm-hmm. So support, I guess, you know, since you touch a lot of different things, you have to work with a lot of different groups. So how, how is collaboration working with support? Like, how are you guys working together with other organizations in the, in the company? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of the, the foundation. Um, and, you know, we kind of, we operate traditionally in a, in a vertical model in which um, we, we want to build uh, skill sets in, uh, in specific technology verticals. Um, in the past, um, that has traditionally been focused around products. Um, but I talked earlier around trends and, you know, it's more around solutions. And so we're really starting to look at um, that collaboration even closer because I think we do a good job. It's there's, you know, Chance has been here for 14 years, but he doesn't know everything. Um, and so he, he <laughs> speak for yourself <laughs> <laughs> in my world, he knows everything, but, but when it gets down to it, um, but, uh, but I think that forces people to collaborate, but the, the key piece for us is how do we enable that? So, um, that it's natural, not only for somebody to walk over to, to chance's desk and ask him a question or him to walk to somebody else's, but that we're collaborating with somebody in our team and in EMEA or APAC. And so part of that's around what I just talked about around capturing knowledge so that if I capture something in the in, in RTP and in, in the support center that somebody in China can use that information to solve a case. Um, so it's that piece of it. But the other part is around, you know, how do we bring resources to an issue? And over the past couple of years, we've, we've focused on um, something called swarming or, or intelligent collaboration, which is really, you know, how do we build a culture and also kind of the back end tools that enable that type of collaboration so that instead of moving cases around um, to the expertise, that we're able to bring expertise to those cases. And so that's really been the focus. And we, we spend a lot of time on tools and things like chat and, and, uh, and our, and our, um, KX knowledge exchange to be able to to collaborate to, to be able to do that over the over um, over our tools and that allows us to be able to search on that as well so we can reuse that information. Um, the other side is really looking at you know if you think about I just talked about a vertical model the other side of that is kind of horizontals that are focused on more solution support. So if you think of um, things like fabric pools where it stretches across um, potentially uh, um, storage grid and, and on tap in a number of different spaces, how do we enable those teams to come together to solve solve solutions and help customers in those spaces? And and those are some of the newer areas where we're laying across those horizontals to do that. Chance, I don't know, you, you live it every day and, and, and are in the trenches. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, you know, the, the swarming model uh, historically has been something that we've uh, kind of struggled with a little bit implementing, but now we've got a, a kind of a renewed focus. Um, and, you know, actually going back to KCS, um, knowledge-centered service, uh, we're, we're V6 certified, our, uh, our, our senior staff are, um, uh, senior, you know, technical staff, um, as well as the, uh, the the digital ops senior staff are all KCS V6 certified now. And uh, so that is really going to help us um, uh you know, leverage new methodologies and techniques for troubleshooting, seeking to understand 
searching early, searching often, creating knowledge. Um, you know, every every knowledge use is a review is one of the uh, you know the key tenets of KCS V6. So that's going to make sure that wherever knowledge is generated, it's constantly getting reviewed and updated. Um, and across teams, we're collaborating with all those other, you know, the technologies you mentioned, uh, chat, the, uh, the knowledge exchange is our internal community. So we customers interact with each other and NetApp personnel with uh, communities. Uh, we kind of do the same thing with the private, uh, the private areas of, of the communities uh, where we, um, you know, collaborate not just across teams, across geos. Um, right, so we have uh, you know collaborations with uh, EMEA, um, Americas, APAC, you know everywhere. Well, I, I think the other um, the other side of collaboration is what we do with the engineering teams, and um, you know that's a that's another focus around how do we take what we learn uh, from a support perspective and and push that back into the product. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of teams that are doing. Um, a lot of good stuff with the engineering teams where they're taking advantage of, you know, the co-located sites um, of the support teams and the engineering teams where they're able to meet on almost a regular basis and talk about um, challenges that we're seeing, things that could be done better. And so it's not just around collaborating to solve immediate issues. Um, it's also around how we collaborate with the development teams around, uh, you know, making, making the products better from a support perspective. Definitely collaborating with the product teams is a big part of it. Um, you know, I mentioned with uh, you know, by creating bugs to track requests and, and changes and things like that. Well, you know, also working with the support account managers um, to make sure customers are, you know, kept, uh, you know, appraised of the various issues that they, they may be vulnerable to or things that they, they need to be aware of. And just, uh, you know, coordinating with them across different support activities for a customer. Um, you know, we'll also work with, uh, you know, tech marketing when it's necessary. Uh, those for, guys. Those, <laughs> those guys. guys. Yeah. This one, this one right <laughs> this there. This one right here in the yeah. wild. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, whatever, basically at the end of the day, it's whatever needs to get done to get a customer right. Um, right. And that's, that's I think the big part is there's not a team within NetApp that we're not typically interacting with whether it's sales professional services yeah it, i mean it goes across and that's that's how we're able to uh to help customers it's it's our ability to communicate and work across the team so i think it's it's kind of ingrained in in uh in our culture and uh we're constantly looking at ways to to make that more efficient and uh and easier for the teams to do so john um what's coming down the pipe I and mean, what do we have going on for net support in the future yeah, I think the key uh, focus areas are really around uh, the stuff I talked about earlier on, just in trends, and also just simplification and, and reducing customer effort. Um, I think those are kind of the key things that we hear from from our customers as well as the sales teams. And so you know, that translates to things like focusing on escalations and making those as easy as possible. So we're, we're looking at some areas there that should be in the next couple months where we'll be able to present those out to the larger audience. So simplification of escalations. We talked a bit about knowledge-centered support. Um, but with the tools coming out and the new support site, um, huge amount of effort on getting um, everybody uh, trained up on, on our Knowledge Center support version 6 and getting that rolled out across the globe. And then Chance has talked about um, the webinars and, and uh, we've talked a bit about ActiveIQ. The key is, is that we will continue to look at 
places where we can add value outside of support cases. And um, with the idea that we learn a lot every day as a support organization, and a lot of those things, if we're able to get those out to the larger audience and to customers, um, it, it prevents those things from happening. And so more of a proactive approach to that. And th- those are, those are I'd say, the top three that, that we're focused on. All right, John, Chance, that sounds awesome. Like we're doing a lot of good work with support and making sure that it's getting better and better every day. Um, again, if we want to reach you, Chance, how do we do that? Uh, yeah, uh, you can email me, uh, chance.bingen at netup.com. That's chance like take a chance and Bingen's B-I-N-G-E-N. It's actually a city in Germany, uh, if you ever... Well, Is it? Yeah. yeah that's where the, that's it's where probably it awful. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty nice. <laughs> no, I'm what kidding. I, I don't want to insult anyone in, our, in, in Bingen, Germany. Yeah, it's a bucket list. Thing. Don't let Chance's name ruin your city for you. That's right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the way to look at it. Um, and also on Twitter, at uh, CB8MyDataCenter with the number eight. All right. And John? Yeah, so you can reach me at uh, jboggs at NetApp, so J-B-O-G-G-S at NetApp.com. All right, thanks so much. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at NetApp.com or send us a tweet at NetApp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via TechOnTapPodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap Podcast team, I'd like to thank John Boggs and Chance Bingen for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.